It's Wednesday night. That means it's time for a little bit of beautiful news. You know the drill. On Monday, we brought you five segments, five stories of inspirational people doing absolutely amazing things. Tonight, we feature Kulule Vilikazi Ofuso. Now, Kulule knew the impact of hair on self-confidence, having worked with Caroline Tlatla to manufacture natural textured hair extensions. Their experience inspired the duo to create the Sibatle collection, a range of dolls with natural hair. Now, each aspect of the design, from facial features to clothing, bears resemblance to local cultures and traditional attire. The selection includes dolls with albinism, vitiligo, afros and braids. Now, for the entrepreneurs, this was more than just about playing with figures and with dolls. It's about encouragement and education. And instructions on washing and conditioning naturally came part of the toys package. And this instills a sense of pride in children's identity. Each doll's name translates to beauty in a variety of languages from Nubutle and Bontle to Hundanaka, Zuri and Nia. Children of color can now play out the future while learning to be comfortable in their own skin. This is Kulile's story. What children see themselves at a young age is very important. I struggled to find a doll that I felt truly represented my daughter's features. That sparked an idea between my partner and I to venture into the black doll business. My name is Kulile Vilagazi Ofosu and I'm the co-founder of Sibatle Collection. Sibatle means we are beautiful in Zulu. Most kids of color don't have a selection of dolls that look like them. Just for them to identify with beautiful dolls, they love them. for every child to see themselves in their toys. There isn't one kind of beauty. We're just aiming to make sure that every young girl grows up feeling worthy. That's our bottom line. Kululi Velikazi Ofusa joins us now on the line, the co-founder of the Sibatle Collection. Kulile, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you very much for inviting me. I think it's absolutely amazing. I have a two-year-old daughter who um, we have also contemplated, my wife and I contemplated, what do we do with toys? How does she see herself, you know, in this mainstream Western orientated world? That's essentially what what is available to us, you know, in, in mainstream shopping centers and toy stores. So I find this absolutely encouraging that there are programs, there are facilities, there are products out there that can provide this mirror, uh, you know, to the majority of children in terms of how they look and how they identify themselves. But tell us your story. What, what, what was the impetus? What was the genesis, the seed for, for starting the Sibasli Collection? Well, it it started because of my daughter as well. Um, at three years old, um, she came home from school and asked me to make her f- her hair flowy, and she's got this very 
take quite coarse African hair, Afro hair. So, um, yeah, that just planted a seed in me to say, you know what, something needs to change. The narrative for a black child needs to change. Because when I was growing up, I didn't have dolls that would reaffirm me of my of my natural beauty, right? Everything that I, I saw on newspapers, on TVs, um, was an image that I was not. I was not. So... Caroline and I thought, you know, maybe it's time somebody does something about it at, at a local level, um, not just for an African child, but to provide kids with diversity of toys. We do believe that every child deserves to see themselves in the toys that they play with. Um, but also we believe in the diversity of toys. So it doesn't mean that, um, cause, uh, you know, so some people have the idea that, oh, no, these are only for black children. Mm. These are for children across. Because um, we feel, um, you know, toys are not just toys, but are a- educational mm-hmm. instruments. So if kids learn at a young age to embrace and celebrate diversity, um, you know, uh, we can actually conquer many of the issues mm-hmm. that we have in the world right now of intolerance, discrimination. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, the, 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 that's how it started. And this is really uh, what Caroline and I believe in and we want to instill in our young mm-hmm. kids. Now, I, if I can remember um, <clears throat> that... Uh, that uh, Dolls with, with, with darker skin complexions are not mm-hmm. new. But what I can remember is that the things would be just a bit crude. They'd just be <laughs> basically a, a, a black version of a white doll and the hair mm-hmm. would just sort of be a, a, a curly, coarse sort of mm-hmm. black fabric. Nothing that truly represents, yeah. you know, the texture yeah. and the style of, of, of predominantly black hair. How have you decided mm-hmm. to make these dolls different to actually reflect, you know, the features, the hairstyles of, of predominantly black children? Yeah, I think that the, the, the driving force for me was to get something that would try and mimic my daughter's features as closely as possible. So when I went out in the market, and even internationally, actually, it wasn't just in South Africa, mm. I found... <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm just recovering from from flu. I found um, yes, you're right that there were black dolls. It's not that there were not black, there were no black dolls, but they still had the European features with mm. the sharp noses. Now my daughter's nose is nothing but sharp. <laughs> it's the flattest nose ever. So um, yeah, I think it, it was just that and. Say okay, if we are going to do something, we need to do something that really, really represented an, an African child. So um, we spent a lot of time developing the hair texture. We went with our, we worked with our manufacturers, and until such, I mean, there was such a, a back and forth between you know our manufacturer and us, are just wanting the curl pattern to be as close as possible. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not something that we just what you did within a week or something like that. It actually took us almost a year to come up with the prototype. Uh, luckily for us, our manufacturer had sort of the the base of the of the doll, um, we had to change and tweak a little things there and there, but the hair was the major part um, mm. that we worked on because we wanted it exactly, again, that as I said, for it to be a tool, a teaching tool. Mm. So kids growing up knowing how to take care of their natural hair, I mean, I think a lot of black women will attest to the 
to the notion that, you know, we actually resorted to relaxing our heads because mm. our mothers never taught us how to take care of our natural hair. And probably they also didn't know how to do that, mm. right? So so um, with the new movement of really black people being very uh, comfortable and, and confident in who they are and proud in who they are, um, we thought, you know what, it's a, it's a very timely offering in terms of helping that movement as well, especially mm. for an African child. But when we looked at it as well, we said there is not just one type of an African child. We've got African kids that have albinism. Mm. What about them? You know, again, we worked and there's this uh, great model. She's also a, a lawyer, um, uh, 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 Ms. Hopper, who, um, you know, we bounced ideas with her and she was very excited with the idea as well. And she actually, you know, contributed to, 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 to the development of the doll. And that is um, very, and that is very encouraging, uh, Kulila, because uh, mm-hmm. we're seeing, um, more and more people with albinism, more and more people mm-hmm. with vitiligo, you know, um, coming into mainstream, uh, pop culture, whether it Absolutely. be, whether it be models, whether it be people in music videos, whether it's be um, TV presenters. I've seen a few TV presenters, you know, uh, who have albinism, and it, it just mm. provides. And, and this is why we say why representativity matters. So, if a child Absolutely. with 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 albinism, and we know the issues of of bullying and children uh, mm. who look different, just seeing someone who looks like them or who they can identify with is yeah. so yeah. is so affirming to these young children. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. That's why then also Karen and I ventured into books as well. Um, uh, if you look at our books, they teach about the subject of albinism, the, the, you know, the tiligo, but in a childlike manner, um, where we, we're really hoping that when kids get, when, when, you know, diversity gets normalized, um, kids will be there when they are, when they are uh, friends with albinism, uh, with albinism are being victimized, you know, they'll jump to their defense, you know, because it's something that is normal. They are not looked at as, as if they are weird, you know. Um, they, they also have space in this community and they, yeah, the kids deserve to feel worthy and they, they uh, no, I, I always say that no child deserves to feel less than. What has been the 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 impact you know, on 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 the public narrative? Not only oh, wow. you know from 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 parents or from children, but have you maybe perhaps been in a store, overheard someone commenting on on on, on the collection and saying, "Wow, this is this is really 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 yeah. nice." Yeah. No, we have we have we also receive emails, um, messages from people with. Albinism, people with vitiligo, people, um, you know, just African people, colors, Indians saying, you know what, what you've done is really um, a, a, a revolution, you know, um, of saying every child has a right to take up space. You know, so we, we absolutely get those compliments and people encourage us. And some people, I mean, it, it's not easy. It's not easy because um, Caroline and I are self-funded. Mm. So, um, you know, it, it, yeah, it's it's really, and our, our dolls are not that cheap. I mean, the, the cheapest one is 440, mm. um, which is not really affordable to your ordinary South African. But again, we had to start somewhere um, as we grow and we get economies of scale. Mm. Uh, we probably will be able to offer to have cheaper offerings but again another thing for us we we felt it we didn't want to do our dolls in china 
uh, because we were not satisfied with the with the responses that we were getting when we were asking about the material that was being used. Um, because if you would remember, I think about 10 years or so ago in South Africa, there was a big uha about toys that had toxins. Mm. You know, so we do our, our dolls in um, uh, in Europe, just the doll, and then everything else then is done in South Africa because we don't have any doll manufacturing plants here. So it does come at a, a little bit of a premium, unfortunately, and this is something that's always uh, really eats at us to say the very people that we made these dolls for cannot afford, most of them cannot afford them. You know, um, so slowly, slowly we're getting there. We, we, we're really growing internationally. Uh, and we've got markets that we really never thought we would be uh, attractive to. You know, your South Koreas, your 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 Russians. So, and again, they were like, "Oh my goodness!" You know, these are beautiful dolls. It's not just like black dolls, but they are beautiful. You can see mm. the you know the care that has been put into developing them, the dresses. You know, so we really have tried to do something that is of excellence because we don't believe that our kids deserve anything less than. And while, you know, as a family, we're looking for toys that, uh, you know, our daughter can identify with. At the same Mm -hmm. time, we are looking, you know, for toys that are gender non-specific and we feel mm-hmm. just as comfortable as our with our daughter playing with uh, you know a train set traditionally a mm-hmm. boy's toy mm-hmm. as as she is with with a tea set and as we're looking at uh, and, and we know that dolls are traditionally seen as as girls toys but are you looking at maybe extending this range mm-hmm. to 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 cater for for boys in terms of so that young boys, toddler boys can also see, you know, images of themselves in the playthings and the toys and and the figurines and and dolls as well, because boys can play with dolls as well. Absolutely. Are you thinking of incorporating that into your collection as well? We are actually not far off from there. It's something that we've been working on for the past year. Um, uh, It's just a bit that Caroline and I both have full-time jobs, so things do not um, move at a speed Mm. that we would like them to. But we definitely, definitely coming up with a a, a black um, superhero. Um, and uh, there are so many other uh, sort of merchandise um, things that we we are going to develop around that. Yeah. So there's there's dolls, there's superheroes in the t- in the pipeline. There's a, a, mm-hmm. a book range. Is this a, a, a start of a of a of a little? Toy Empire for uh, uh, for Kulile. <laughs> we hope so. We definitely hope so. So we've got yeah, party deco items, uh, clothes, uh, you know, boots, rain boots, and umbrellas, uh, ski bags, you know, lunch boxes. So yeah, we we've got that as an offering. So. We, we're coming out there for Disney. Kulili Velikazi Ufuso, co-founder of the Sibasli Collection. A brilliant story. Go check out her story on beautifulnews.co.za. Kulili, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much for the opportunity.